shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. I'm grateful for the opportunity to live on this beautiful and astonishing planet Earth, In the morning, I woke up with a sense of gratitude. Earl Nightingale. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice. Right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service, of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure you listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music, iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. And here's an exciting opportunity. Be the Star You Are is presenting a virtual magic show with a renowned Irish magician on Saturday, April 23rd at noon Pacific time. The magic show is for all ages and is free but you must register so that we can send you the Zoom link. Please go to www.bethestarur.org. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Ruhani, and today's theme will be all about gratitude that we feel about the Earth. In segment two, I will be interviewing Natalie Pace, co-creator of the Earth Gratitude Festival. In segment three, I will be talking to our reporter, Sharanya, on her original poetry that will be broadcasted on the Earth Gratitude Festival as well. And right now, I'll be reading and talking about my original poetry that will also be broadcasted on the Earth Gratitude Festival and also talking about why it's so important to protect our planet. So I understand it's frightening to even acknowledge the fact that our planet is in danger, but it's really important to understand the extent of what is going on so we can come up with solutions and play our part in healing the world, you know. Otherwise, future generations will suffer due to our fallacies. And that was really the inspiration of what I'm just about to read. So here's my poem. It's called, Shall Grandma Tell You? In the near future, shall grandma tell you a story of before? Floating in the Pacific, eager fish brushing against her fingertips, powdered mountaintops, Bright eyes taking in the wonder. Orderly seasons, 
bitter frost never disrupting those temperate days. Aromatic bulbs bustling to grow on the boundless green. We plucked so many, so carelessly. We should have saved some for you. In the near future, shall grandma make you envious of her lifestyle? How her joy came from unlimited consumption, traveling miles and staring at the serpentine sunrise, exploring a world that's now blemished beyond repair. Every corner she walked was exploited by so many, yet all she did was relish in its diminishing beauty. In the near future, shall grandma speak of true greed? Thick black oil and the lungs of multicolored life you've only ever seen on a screen? Shall grandma speak of the record-breaking speed of disappearing ice dripping onto vacation, vacation lodges? Shall grandma speak of the alarm bells that rang in the mouths of children her age, fighting with them as much as she could until she too realized assimilating to exploitation was easier than resisting it. Dear grandchild, I cannot tell you to fight. I can only apologize for your reality brought upon our lack of gratitude, our lack of strategic unity, our plentiful sins. For grandma has a secret. She wasn't born in the before. The before came before all of us were born. She spent most of her years in the near end of a limbo, of a world able to heed the warnings, ruled by nature and its blessings. Our corporate-ran, carbon-loving entity that we found it easier to bow down to than defy. So that was my poem. Again, you know, I was inspired by a common thought process among people, you know, concerned about our planet and what will our future generations say? So there's no doubt that there's human, um, human caused climate change and that's proved by science and there's no denying it. So there's a lot of studies. So this is pretty recent. So there's a study by this Berlin-based climate analytics, and it shows that extreme and de deadly tropical hurricane seasons are twice as likely as they were in the 1980s, and this is due to global warming. So the research was published in the journal Weather Climate Dynamics, and they used data from the year 2020. So the researchers basically found um, a forced warming trend in Atlantic sea surface temperature from 1982 to 2020. And that doubled the probability of extremely active tropical cyclone seasons. And another study also showed that climate change caused tropical storms and hurricanes to have 10% more rain in 2020 compared to those in pre-industrial years. So that is proof that um, what humans have, you know, put into the atmosphere are causing these harsher, deadlier storms. And, you know, researchers, they spend so many years dedicated to finding out these 
integral pieces of information. And I really find it quite shameful that people are so quick to deny it and they're not really absorbing the facts. I mean, there's so much research out there I recommend. And if you go on NASA's website, for example, there's a whole page dedicated to climate change evidence, you know, for the skeptics out there. And here's one. So, for example, um, NASA reported that sea level rose about eight inches, which is, you know, around 20 centimeters in the last century. So the rate in the last two decades is double, well, nearly double that of the last century. And it's um, increasing slightly every year. So that is pretty troubling. Um, you know, when sea level rises, a lot of cities by the coast, for example, San Francisco, are in imminent danger. And it's really, really unsafe. And it can disrupt the balance of our planet. Um, so NASA, they also reported on ocean acidif acidification. And um, we've all heard of acid rain before. So basically, since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, um, the acidity of surface ocean waters has increased by about 30%. And this increase is due to the result of humans emitting more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, which hence is absorbed into the ocean. Um, I know acid rain is a problem and it ha is cause of, you know, the industry that we have um, and the ocean has absorbed between 20% and 30% of total carbon dioxide emissions in recent decades. So that's around 7.2 to 10.8 billion metric tons per year, which is very troubling. Again, there's so much sea life, so many species that are in danger because of this. And I know that it's not just acid, it's also the plastic that we put in the ocean, it's, you know, how so much of it um, won't, is not biodegradable, it'll end up in our beaches, in the coast, in the water, and that is, you know, very threatening for so many species, and it's, it's so scary, and um, there's so many more data you can find, so another one that I found, and that I want to share, is shrinking ice sheets, so um, the Greenland and Antarctic ice sheets have decreased in mass. So this is from NASA's gravity recovery and climate experiment. So they show that um, Greenland has lost an average of 279 billion tons of ice per year. And that is between the years of 1993 and 2019. So also, Antarctica has not been spared either. It lost about 148 billion tons of ice per year. So again, this is so, so scary, especially for the species that live in those areas. But also for us, you know, the planet's balance can be disrupted. Um, shrinking ice sheets can lead to so many different problems. And I'm sure that everyone is able to understand how dangerous this is for all of us. Um, and glaciers are pretty much shrinking almost everywhere around the world. So that's in the Alps, the Himalayas, the Rockies, Alaska, and Africa. So it's like every corner of our planet is being attacked by our own causes. And it is, again, very frightening to acknowledge, and you might not want to think about it, but it is something we must acknowledge. And 
I'm sure um, I was reading, um, there's something called um, ecological anxiety, which is like anxiety from climate change. And there's some promising data that it's not, obviously it's a threat that we need to address, but it's not too, it's not too far gone yet is what I'd say. There's still opportunity for us to change. And with this data, it's really obvious that our planet is in danger. And I know that people in charge should, you know, do what they can because they have way more power than all of us. And I'm hoping that there comes a time and that time needs to come soon where they take action, where they pass legislation that can help heal our planet, you know, where money isn't prioritized, but again, our future generations, but there's ways to play our part as well. And I'll be talking about that with Natalie Pace in our next segment. So we're out of time for this segment, but make sure you stay tuned where I'll be talking to Natalie Pace, co-creator of the Earth Gratitude Festival. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel show the world your smile be the star you are if you are ready to be inspired energized and edutained you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at be the star you are radio.com Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Express Yourself. Um, right now, I will be interviewing the awesome Natalie Pace. Natalie is the co-creator of the Earth Gratitude Project and the author of the Amazon bestsellers, Put Your Money Where Your Heart Is, The ABCs of Money, and The Gratitude Game. 
Her new book, The Power of 8 Billion, It's Up to Us, will be released in this month. Um, her website is www.nataliepace.com. So it's so nice to have you on, Natalie. Thank you, Rohani. I'm a big fan of yours. I really loved the essay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it was, I'm so glad you read it. And it was such an honor to be able to participate in the Earth Gratitude Project. So I was actually curious, what exactly is its cause and how did it begin? So Earth gratitude is very simple. We were saying, you know, on Earth Day, like sometimes people will go and clean up the beach or do something, but, you know, it didn't have a really fun ritual like all our other holidays do. And so we thought, let's make Earth Day, you know, it, it's as important. It's, Earth, you know, it's not Earth's real birthday, but it's the day we celebrate our planet Earth. And let's make it more fun. And also in, in, in uh, combination with that, Let's show some of the ways that we can be the solution for the healing that our planet needs. So it was both sides of it, to celebrate and to honor. Because in order to honor, you actually have to know, okay, well, what can I do better? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I love the idea of having a ritual for Earth Day, you know, making it more interactive and fun like our other holidays. So what are yeah. some examples of gratitude rituals for celebrating Earth Day? I think you could do, and I think every year it should be different, right? So like, let's say you are going to do uh, a beach cleanup. Well, also go surfing or do drum circle under the moonlight. Um, let's say you did that last year and maybe this year you test drive a Tesla or you go and you plant, um, you know, a garden, a community garden with your, with your buddies and mm -hmm. maybe sample some organic strawberries from the garden. You know, each year it can be slightly different, but the whole thing that holds it together is you're doing it with friends and family and you want it to be fun and not feel like, oh, we're, this is the chore that we're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love that mindset. And I love how kids are involved. So I understand that you're doing yeah, a lot yeah. of work with them. And what is that all about? Like, what exactly do they do to help, you know, celebrate this holiday? You know, I got to tell you, when you empower kids, they do extraordinary things. So I've been fortunate to visit Poundbury, England and Damer's first school. These are four to nine year olds. They not only got rid of all the plastic in their school. So most schools, they get all their food covered in plastic, sits, heat and serve. Uh -huh. They got rid of all the plastic. They have their own gardens. They make so much money selling their own fruits and vegetables and even their compost. So their food waste goes into their compost bin. Wow. They even sell that. So now they keep putting it back into the school. They have a nature preserve. They have a chicken coop. They have a bird hide. Um, they even went out into their neighborhood and they got the businesses to eliminate plastic and to start um, having what they call refill places. So that if you ran out of water, you could just take your canteen into any one of these certified businesses and they would refill it for free. That is so inspiring. And they're so young and they're already doing so much for the planet already. <laughs> That's what you love to see. And yes. I think it's also important for older kids, like teenagers, you know, to spend time in nature. So I'm sure you believe that as well. And what are some ways they can do that? Well, I mean, the easiest way is just even in your neighborhood. Like if you're going to go to a friend's house, just walk or ride your bike. And of course, if your parents are worried, oh, you shouldn't do it alone, then walk in a pack of friends or walk with a parent. But, you know, just doing short errands on a bike or walking instead of taking the car everywhere can be a big deal. 
But the other thing that I really, really love, let's, I'll, t- I'll give you another example. This one's in the US. So Alice Waters is this very famous chef, right? Mm-hmm. And she, she was seeing, you know, these schools again, they were, you know, underserved and they were heat and reserve and obesity was becoming a problem, even in schools for teens. And she put in what she calls the edible schoolyard. And I had the pleasure to visit it. It's in Berkeley. And I, a student activist was walking me around, showing me everything, including their beehives, all of oh, their wow. stuff. Yeah, everything. And when I asked her, what's your favorite thing to eat? She said, kel pesto. <laughs> we actually had a show all about the edible schoolyard. I think it was two weeks ago. And oh, I learned a lot about know. Yes, it was so fun to learn about and made me jealous. You know, I wish my elementary school had that. It seems like so much fun and so helpful, really, for young kids to be so engaged, you know, starting so soon. Yeah. And, you know, it all, it's science, it's math, it's chemistry. I mean, they were using, and how wonderful to be able to use Alice Waters recipes, right? (laughs) They were making harvest soup from her recipes. Yeah, Yeah, that is. And I'm sure it tastes really good. I find that, you know, any organic food that you grew yourself um, tastes so much better than from the hands of other people. And, you know, jumping back to the festival, which I'm so excited and again, so honored to be a part of, who is participating in it? And I'm sure there's a lot of big names. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So go to earthgratitude.org because you want to register now and not miss any part of it. Of course, there's you, the beautiful and talented Bruhani. Uh-huh. Um, we've been very blessed because the Dalai Lama is giving us a special message. Sia gave wow. us the use of her song, Miracle. Um, and we've got that to a video reimagined by Alvin Tam. He's a great filmmaker who um, does all the promos for Cirque du Soleil. And then we also have Ed Begley Jr. taking you in his house and showing you all of his eco tips and much, much more. Of course, the Kids Corner and a film festival. And I love the film festival, too, because it's a lot about um, organic food. And one tip I will say for all of us, it's not just that the food tastes better. It's better for you to eat local and organic. It's better for you and better for the planet. Both of those things. I mean, there's lots of science behind it, but... Um, that's just that one thing can really reduce CO2, but also increase your own personal health. Yes. And I feel like this festival is so special because it has a theme of gratitude. And, you know, a lot of people kind of confuse that with hope, but why do you think it's more important to have gratitude rather than just hoping? Yeah. And I'm, thank you so much for that question. Cause I think that's a key part of it. Right. And as you were saying, getting out into nature, getting to know nature. So the first step is obviously that we have to get to know our home planet better, but the other key to it is that when you're grateful for something, you treasure it, you honor it, right? You don't want to harm it at all. And that means that you might even make different choices. If you place the gratitude of the plant home planet above even maybe some of your personal habits, mm-hmm. do you mind if I give you a quick example? Of course. Okay. So as an example, I used to do all of my retreats in person, right? And so people would fly in from everywhere. This year I gave, and I already have a pretty low carbon footprint, but I gave myself another challenge of reducing at least another 30% this year. And the easiest thing for me, 
especially again, placing the home planet on the top of the list. So everybody was saying, let's go back to in-person now that the pandemic is a little bit under control. (laughs) And I said, well, if we put the planet above that need, then we continue our online Zoom retreats and we save 100 flights a year. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we won't ever get together. Like you can still, you know, there's still a good reason to have a brain trust and to have in-person meetings. But my beginner retreats are actually, it's a better experience, a better learning environment to do it by Zoom. Exactly. And there's so many ways we can just reduce our carbon footprint, sometimes putting, like you said, the needs of our planet um, above ourselves. And I love that. And um, I was wondering, you know, for the average person, what are, you know, like five or six things we could do that could actually make a huge difference? Yeah, this is a great question because a lot of us feel like we're doing a lot or that we're really in tune and we love the planet. and We don't realize just how big our carbon footprint is. So for Americans, our carbon footprint per person is the highest in the world. So we really have to get it under control. I would say drive less, mm-hmm. use use less, and make sure that your home is insulated or that you're turning off the lights. So there's it, you have to learn a little bit. That's kind of why I wrote The Power of 8 Billion, because you have to learn that our fingerprints are actually on things that we don't realize, like... <clears throat> You know, if our elect our light bulbs are powered by natural gas, when we turn on the light, we're actually using fossil fuels, right? Mm-hmm. If our even our electric car, like in West Virginia, it's ninety five percent powered by fossil fuels. So an electric car in West Virginia is not that clean. So mm-hmm. knowing these statistics about where you are, in general, use less. And I think there's one more statistic I want to share with you. And again, all this is outlined in the power of 8 billion. It's up to us. Mm-hmm. It's easy to read. If you're eighth grader or above, it's only 250 pages. But knowing the truth sets you free. So there's one mm-hmm. other statistic I wanted to share, which is that only about 8 9% of plastic is actually being recycled. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us are saying, you know, we're still going to... Starbucks and we're getting a drink and toss, whether it's plastic or paper, even use recycled toilet paper is a big deal. So again, once you know, you can make the adjustments and it doesn't really impact your life that much. And if anything, it makes it better and gives you more money in your pocket. Exactly. And I feel like it's so important, you know, for kids, especially to learn that at a young age. So the habits develop sooner and for young people, what do you think is the single most important thing they could do to help heal our planet? You know, I think that convincing their parents to let them, you know, get either walk or ride a bike to school in the morning would be a big deal. But mm-hmm. the other thing I think, as you were saying, is let's give them school gardens. And yeah. the beautiful thing about this is that there are organizations out there that help schools to do this. So Green Our Planet is an organization that does it in the United States. Roots and Shoots helps people around the world. Um, you know, there's just, a, you know, Alice Waters uh, Edible Schoolyard has curriculum. So there are ways out there. But I'd say plant a garden at school, plant a garden at home, and then walk and ride your bike a lot more. And use less and stop. No, There's no excuse for single-use anything. Yeah. And you know, nothing at all. And then, you know, you don't really need that much plastic in your life. I totally agree. Um, I made the shift from plastic water bottles to hydro flasks about two years ago. And it's, I used to use so many of them. You don't really realize, um, Mm -hmm. but 
just that one change, I already feel like I've played huge, not a huge difference, but a significant enough that I feel happy and proud of myself for protecting my planet. And there's so many sustainable things we could do. So um, going back to the festival again, what are some rituals that really engage people and tell them this is what we should do to help our planet? Yeah, so I mean, you know, when we first started this, it's so funny. Actually, there was a precursor to the Earth Gratitude Project, and again, earthgratitude.org. But when we um, we saw the there was a big oil spill back in 2010, and mm-hmm. it was just disgusting. And every time that I put um, you know the gas nozzle in my car tank, I felt like, you know what, they are drilling um, over a mile in you know beneath the ocean. Um, surface to try to save my addiction to oil. And so we decided the next Earth Day, the whole weekend, nobody could drive, right? And so we're like, we're challenging everybody. Of course, I think we got 100 people to do it around the world. But we saw like there were kids in Japan that sent us in photos. And it was just, it was just lovely. It was like their family rode the bikes to the park and had a picnic. I mean, that's it. It's just whatever it is that you do, think of how you can do it in a planet-friendly, zero-carbon footprint way. And in fact, what is that going to do for you? You know, like, is it going to be your first uh, plant-based meal? Is it going to be, again, you know, whether it's singing and dancing under the stars? Are you going to have a meal by candlelight? It can be whatever you want it to be. Um, and, And again, if you don't have a school garden, then maybe it's planning a school garden and and having a picnic out there after you do it. I love that. All of those sound so much fun as well. And, you know, I feel like you'll feel proud of yourself. Like I said, it just is fulfilling and it's amazing. So how do you personally celebrate Earth Day? Oh, my goodness. Well, this year... You know, we'll be celebrating by airing Sia and you and the Dalai Lama. And (laughs) in the past, last year, I was at the Compton Community Gardens. And what I love about that is it's a food desert. And there are definitely like more fast food joints, nutrition deficient, over a big problem with obesity. And these people came together and they convinced a vacant lot owner to give them the lot. And they set up their own community gardens. And one one plot for $50 can feed a family of four for six months. And they, wow. have, a mas- they have a master gardener who teaches classes there. So that's where I was last year. And I got to tell you, I loved it. I loved hearing their stories. It was really fun. I would love to visit one day. That sounds so amazing. And I love that they're teaching kids. That is so necessary. Really, um, you know, I didn't really learn about how to be sustainable until I was a little older. I did learn from my grandpa because he has, you know, a community garden. I spent a lot of time there. So do you engage in gardening or anything like that? You know, I engage in featuring people who garden. Does that count? (laughs) Yeah, it does. difference. <laughs> I, I must say, and I again, I try to do this with as much of a low carbon footprint as possible. But my job, which I love, is to go around the world and feature the good work that people are doing. 
So, you know, that's been my focus. And so I'm not really in a place long enough to establish my own garden, but I do eat local and organic wherever I am. And I think that's an important message too, is that, you know, yes, you, if you can do a community garden, do a school garden, do one in your backyard. If you can't, or if you have, you know, don't have that green thumb, eat local and eat organic. You, you will actually be dramatically reducing your carbon footprint if you do that and you'll be increasing your health. Yes, I totally agree with you. And I love how the work you're doing is so positive and it is truly commendable. So I'm sure you have this great positive mindset. And do you think it's easier to change when you have that in you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not the expert on the science of mine. Uh, one of my other partners, actually two of my other partners are, but I am definitely someone who leans into gratitude. And as you mentioned, uh, one of my books is called The Gratitude Game. And it's absolutely essential. And if you're not there, it's kind of like happiness. You can't force gratitude. But what you can do is you can start practicing certain tips, certain mindfulness tips to get to that space. So as you were saying, the importance of being in nature, like you can't really be grateful for trees and fresh air and beautiful flowers if you never see them. So yeah. you, you really have to have that relationship. And, you know, another tip would be simply if you're really stuck in a bad mindset, um, oftentimes being of service or just getting outside and doing stuff and counting your blessings can be really, really helpful. I mean, it's the, it's the beginning stages. There's more to it. But yeah, I mean, I'm a work in progress. I certainly didn't start out my life with the gratitude game. But um, I definitely and, you know, even if you have that joy filled mindset and that proactive, I want to help the planet mindset, you're still going to be slammed with life every <laughs> now and again. You know, it's not like everything's going to come up yeah. roses, but you have the tool kit to be able to to turn it around, you know. Exactly. And it's so important. And I think this festival celebrates that. And I, I'm curious because, you know, it features a lot of original work, a lot of poetry. And do you think that art will help convey the message of our planet? Oh, definitely. And I just want to say when I read your essay uh, for the, you know, the one that won that award from the New York Times, I mean, it's so powerful. And whatever way that you get reached from art reaches you right at your heart. Mm -hmm. So whether it's looking at something beautiful or, you know, that Sia song is so inspiring. I don't want to stop until the miracle, you know, one foot in front of the other. I almost get teary eyed just hearing yeah. it, you know, it is. It's so beautiful. And I think it can really convey those messages and help change people's minds and strike their hearts. Like you said, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so when Earth Gratitude first started, when did you decide to start featuring those artists? <laughs> this is actually a funny story. So it's it's kind of like, you know how people say 10,000 hours and then you become the expert, right? So yeah. I, I've been going around the world and, you know, I was very fortunate. I got to get, you know, trained in organic farming from the Prince of Wales home farm manager and, you know, see the first platinum lead rated building in Europe and the first platinum lead rated home in the U.S. and all, all this great stuff going on. Right. And so mm -hmm. when um, my agent, book agent and I, we, we decided, let's start the Earth Gratitude Project. I said, I think I can get the Prince of Wales year four and I think I can get the Dalai Lama year five. 
well, the Prince of Wales and Deepak Chopra came in year one. The Dalai Lama came and and Elon Musk came in year two. I mean, we just, I know everybody resonated with the idea. Let's make Earth Day fun. Let's make it like a Thanksgiving where there's an actual ritual of fun and family and celebration and friends. And everybody resonated with that. And, you know, it's just been nonstop up from there. It's been great. It's really hard for people to say no to this project. (laughs) Yeah, because it's so beautiful. And again, thank you for allowing me to participate. And thank you so much for coming on. It was truly a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, Um, my pleasure. (laughs) And listeners, make sure you check out her website, www.nataliepace.com. And make sure you watch the Earth Gratitude Festival on Earth Day, April 22nd at April 23rd, sorry, at 8 to 10 a.m. by registering on www.earthgratitude.org. And stay tuned. I'll be talking to reporter Sharanya on her poem for the Earth Gratitude Festival. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel show the world your smile be the star you are if you are ready to be inspired energized and edutained you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at be the star you are radio.com Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hi, everyone. I'm Ruhani, your host, and today's show is all about Earth gratitude. Right now, I will be talking to our reporter, Sharanya, who will be 
reading her lovely poem on Earth Gratitude and sharing her own insight on how to protect our world. Hello, Sharanya. Hello. Um, thank you. The Earth, our habitat, the place we cherish, and only a few of us have wandered beyond. We cherish its green pastures, its rugged mountains, its serene oceans. We cherish it all. But over the course of time, we have forgotten to appreciate the very essence of Earth. The Earth is what holds us together. And we have forgotten this entity, which weaved more than 7 billion people together into one community. A community with its rise and falls, but yet a stable network. And we call this unity. As time walked its path, the green pastures didn't seem that important anymore. The rugged mountains had no beauty of their own to our eyes. The serene oceans were to our eyes a dull blue. We have taken for granted the goods and services that the earth has given us. So we exploit them. We litter, we pollute, and we have no respect for the flora and fauna which were here before we were. So, to revert these changes that have spiked the global temperature, destroyed the lives of many animals, and endangered many plants, we must learn to respect the world we live in, as without it, we would be gone. So respecting the earth can come in many ways, but one way we can do this through writing is analyzing literature and writing literature about the earth. One of my favorite poems about the earth is very short, yet concise and hits home. It is by the renowned poet Robert Frost, and it's called Fire and Ice. The words of this intricate yet short poem is, Some say the world will end in fire, some say in ice. From what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favor fire. But if, I, but if it had to perish twice, I think I know enough of hate to say that for destruction ice is also great and would suffice. This poem can be interpreted, interpreted in different ways, but to me, it represents the destruction that humankind is responsible for. I think it depicts very clearly how our ignorance for the earth can lead to endings that are severe on both sides of the spectrum, fire and ice. I believe this poem elegantly shows how powerful literature is and how it can evoke any emotion you craft it up to be. With literature, we can transform the world. We can uplift the hopes of everyone and bring a change that will make a humongous impact on Mother Earth. The hopelessness that often surrounds us when we talk about global warming and climate change, all of this can dissipate if we take the time to realize we can only fight this fight together as a community. And one of the ways to fight together is with literature. For Earth Day, I wrote a poem called The Token of Gratitude, which I've also written for the Earth Gratitude Festival. It's called Token of Gratitude. The rush of the winds, the roar of the ocean, the thumping of the earth. Together they make the beat for the tune of the world, a sweet melody which is rung through the crevices of time. Each action we make, each sound we make, everything we do make up the notes to this timeless piece of music that has been played for centuries. 
the melodies composed by our individual actions, added with the natural elements that make up the world. But the harmony, the less appreciated portion, which shapes the piece for the world, the harmony that is struck to be played is bond of gratitude between humanity and nature. The food on our table with a rich, decadent, flavorful taste or a light, airy tang, they're all nature's bounty, providing us with the nutrition needed to keep on functioning. We get this from Mother Earth without being liable to her with money or more goods, but we owe her a token of gratitude. These tokens make the world revolve and makes the song that is played and makes up the harmony. But now, as time walks its path, our tokens of gratitude to Mother Earth are reducing in number. The reducing number of tokens are threatening our relationship with Mother Earth. And the song that has been played through the different eras of time is slowly losing its articulation and power. As the number of tokens shrink around the world, the song which once inspired unity to ring through the fabric, fabrics of humanity, this song now inspires chaos. The lack of unity and gratitude started by the need to compete, the need to be better than everyone else, the need to advance at all costs, no matter what the price. This ruthless ambition evolved into one-track vision just seeing our goals, but not being able to see the rising water levels waiting to usurp us, not being able to feel the rising temperatures and not being able to hear the once cheerful chirps of birds. To fix this narrowed vision of the world, we just need to instill one element, gratitude, the harmony of the world, the base that is essential to the world's advancement, the part we have forgotten in the race to be the best. Gratitude was never just saying thank you, it was appreciating the world and being able to understand that we can never reach our goals if we don't bring with us everyone and everything to the top. When we can engrave this word in our mind, we can make a difference to the world by appreciating the seeds our ancestors once sowed, which have turned into goods that we reap. When gratitude becomes essential in every human being, that is when the tokens that revolve the earth will grow in number, and that is when we can reverse this mindless attack upon Mother Earth. Thank you. Wow, Sharanya, that poem was absolutely beautiful, and I love everything you've written and that you just spoke. It's so elegant and poised, and obviously you're a great poet yourself. I am curious to know... What are your favorite poems or stories on Mother Earth? Obviously one that I mentioned, Fire and Ice, but also A Bird Came Down for a Walk by Emily Dickinson. I really like that poem as it's short and consigned, yet really poignant. And it had a very steady flow, which Emily Dickinson's poems are famous for. As for a story, I really liked The History of Bees by Maha Lund. It was a read which made me think deeply and had a hint of historical fiction, which I absolutely loved. And for your poem, um, where did you get the inspiration from? Um, 
I think it came from my trip to India over the winter because there was this drastic difference between a metropolitan city of Kolkata and these villages, which um, were more dependent on earth and how they treated it better than um, Kolkata did a metropolitan city because the people in Kolkata weren't as dependent on it. I think that shows the appreciation that people in villages had and how we should learn to appreciate the world too. I love that. That is excellent. I I feel that way too. I feel if you go to a rural area, you'll see how people are, they are more in touch with the world and the earth because like you said, they appreciate it more and that's why gratitude is so important. Um, so, you know, talking about appreciating the world and this kind of global crisis we're having, what are some ways you think we can help? Um, I would say, I think we can notice the little things in the world because the little things are what make a difference eventually. For example, if you walk to school on the same path and notice what's different, I think you you're noticing how the world's changing a little bit because none of the great changes that happen, happen like little by little, happen little by little. They don't happen in one go overnight. Mm -hmm. For example, when I walk to school, I see more birds than usual. That makes me think what made more birds come in because that, that's something unique. And Mm -hmm. or more pieces of litter does that mean more people are walking on the trail does that mean um people are starting to forget um about the pieces of trash noticing the things that we think make no difference actually help us construct this better understanding of the world yeah i totally agree with you and you know like you said observing the little changes the little things so we can you know, make a better place for our future generations to live in. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. You were wonderful. I loved your poem. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed our show today. But unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. But again, there's some exciting news. Simon Ryan, a well-known magician from Ireland, will be doing a virtual show for Express Yourself It's on Saturday, April 23rd, 2022. So don't miss out on those magical wonders and simply register by emailing thestarsworkshop at gmail.com. Again, that's thestarsworkshop at gmail.com. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh, Thank you to our guests from across the world and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio and keep our planet safe, protect our future generations, and be grateful for Mother Earth. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine.
between the lines if you would let yourself 